0: You're listening to the Toledo City Paper, reader and radio listener, voted best of Toledo 2022, the best radio show and best podcast. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. In five, four, three, two. Initialize sequence. The Doctor is in. This is Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show.
1: On air, online, anytime, on demand, at your fingertips, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Podbean, Audible on Amazon. You can also find us on Player FM. And this is Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show on Owens Community College Radio. Facebook.com forward slash Randomosity podcast is where you can find us on social media, by the way, to like and subscribe, and uh, we got something really special for you this week to close out the fall concert series on the program. This is something that I have been looking forward to doing for a very long time, and this is also something that uh, when I announced that I wanted to do this, I got some looks, I got some concerns, and I got some people who sank in their chairs and got very concerned. Oh my God, Jay, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this? Please tell us you're not going to play it, you know, as it is. Okay, you might be asking yourself, Self, what are you talking about? Well, the man who changed comedy for the better, for not only counterculture, but for those of us who were comedy fans throughout the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. And that man's name was George Carlin. George Carlin leading into this album, uh, throughout a good portion of the 60s, he was, uh, I don't want to say a nightclub comic, but he he was like a Vegas strip comic. But as time went on and, you know, things started to change, not only in the world, but in culture and society, uh, George, behind the scenes, was changing along with it. And when the time came for him to leave behind, that whole original act he used to do and go in a different direction and appeal to the college kids and appeal to the changing culture and the change in society and um, all the different. I mean, it, it's legal in some areas now, but some have called it the pot culture, some have called it the hippie culture. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it was counterculture because it was counter to what was going on and accepted in the world at the time. This was also at a time too when not only was Carlin embracing the counterculture but Carlin also decided to take a chance and do something that was not accepted too much by a lot of the standard bearers in comedy at the time and he took a cue from Lenny Bruce. From the early 60s and he started addressing politics and he started addressing the war and he started addressing a lot of our uh, people who are in charge of the country and basically the way the world was through his eyes and boy did he gain a lot of momentum behind him he became overnight literally the most popular comic in the country selling millions of records And the time came to do Class Clown. What was indicative about this album was it contained a bit called The Seven Words You Can Never Say on Television, which became a focus, by the way, of government harassment uh, towards him in the year that followed. And it became basically his calling card throughout the entire decade of the 1970s. And we're going to discuss the controversy behind it and when the time comes to um, play the bit, The Seven Words You Can Never Say on Television. But we're going to get it kicked off with a sample of Side A here because this is kind Kind of a lengthy record so we're not going to play everything off the album but we're going to play without a shadow of a doubt the most popular bits off of the album ladies and gentlemen closing out our fall concert series and opening up to this week's program <laughs> this is george carlin live from may 27 1972 at the santa monica civic auditorium in santa monica california on randomosity toledo's only vinyl radio show ladies and gentlemen the doctor is in
2: people always want to know how you get started on this job. I guess they ask musicians too and actors and everything, but uh, they always want to know how you got started. They say, How would you get started? <laughs> I say to you, Did you always want to be a comedian? Well, not in the womb, but right after that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. But class clown is when you really do get a chance to kind of uh, work out, you know, because the classroom is the best place. Classroom's best because, well, no one's allowed to laugh there. And suppressed laughter, you know, is the easiest to get, the most fun. You know, like when you're kneeling in front of a casket. (laughs) During the sermon, whatever it is. And in the classroom... Class clown always sounds like there was only one of them, you know? It sounds like the class clown, but that's not true, really. There was, you know, quite often there were two or three or four of them. Hmm. Sometimes you'd have a whole classroom full of them, yeah? If the main guy was absent, second banana would fill in, right? And the class clown wasn't really uh, so unique. You know, he didn't necessarily do things that were real different, uh, it was that he learned things first. He discovered things first and passed them on to the other guys, right? Class Clown was the first to discover a lot of musical things. Uh, he was the first one to get into Hawaiian nose humming, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're gonna play, play, you know. And then playing head, you had to be a little mazo for that anyway. That and throat. Found out later in life the beard acts as a mute for soft passages. Well anyway, class clown was the first guy to discover this, usually in gym class, right? artificial fart under the arm <laughs> or as we called it in New York the artificial fart under the arm <laughs> there were a lot of ways to make the fart sound when you were a kid <laughs> Let me had this one too And then the crook of your arm. (laughs) It was an important sound, you know? I guess we found so many ways to make it, you know? I didn't need any of those fancy ones, because I could... uh, I was into the bilabial fricative, you know? I was so glad when I found out that had a real official name to it, man. Bronx Cheer and Raspberry never made it for me. Bilabial fricative. Do one from the back? back? (laughs) It would probably be an SBD today, man. Remember that? Silent but deadly, wow. It's true, most of the time in class I was tempted to fool around, man Get someone's, that's what it was, yeah You'd be bored and you'd figure Well, why not deprive someone else Of their education (laughs) And you would set about disrupting the class By attracting attention to yourself That is the name of this job, you know It's called Dig Me yeah, it was like, uh, hey guys, didn't make the team, but blah! yeah. I said, hey, he's crazy, man. Hey, you want to go to party? Wow. Well, yeah, you went to all the parties, got the last girl, but she went to all the parties. Yeah. You know? When I would uh, try to attract attention in class, it was I wasn't really like a very daring and. Uh, Old youth, I was a little timid, really. I'd, uh, I didn't get right into uh, fake epileptic seizures in the aisle, you know Just start out and test the water a little bit. I used to start with little sounds like
0: uh,
2: That's a good one because no one can really see where it's coming from, you know. <laughs> You can even look around like you don't know, right? Mm, mm,
0: mm, 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 mm.
2: That's, of course, the pigeon. You recognize the pigeon. Uh, That was my only bird call. Because that was our only bird, you know? That's from a real New York part of New York, you know? We had pigeons and uh, sparrows. Had sparrows. Sparrows, though, you could never pin a sparrow, you know? They would leave too fast. You try to go over to a sparrow pigeons would walk out of your way and give you a bad look, right? (laughs) Poor pigeons, man. Their song is stuck in their throat, you know?
0: Mm, mm, mm.
2: That's what living in the city does, man. Sticks your song in your throat. I'm sure when the pigeons first got to the city, they had a nice song, man. Years in the city. (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. And then that little oil slick we laid on them, you've seen that oil slick on their neck. I'm sure we gave them that. Pidgeys. I had one sound that was my own, not completely my own, I stole it from a Spike Jones record. None of the other guys could do that one. I added a little something to it. No one really cared, you know, get him out of here. Get him out of here. And then of course there was popping the cheek, which everyone had to do. Just to be a kid, you had to be able to do that, right? Yeah, it was part of the credentials. Can you pop his cheek? Okay, he's a kid. Let him in. Go on. <laughs> Let me hear all of you do that. I love when a whole auditorium does it. Everybody do it like that. Just pop. <laughs> now do it without giving in to the temptation to laugh. Everybody do it without laughing. But uh, we take that for granted, you know? We think it's so simple. You say to yourself, well, I think I'll put my finger in my cheek and pop it. It's not that easy, man. There's a lot of things to think about. You gotta know how much finger to put in there for one, right? You can't do it like that, really. You have to judge the amount of finger. You have to know how much air pressure against the cheek, how much cheek pressure against the air, and when to release. Yeah, you see old guys in the park now Can't get it on anymore That's the first thing that goes on a class clown is The cheeks, man They never did issue microphones to the class clowns That would have been a big help But you had ones like this Remember this one? Old men always used to do this to you. (laughs) Remember your grandfather would always do that. Hey, come here. (laughs) I I was, uh, my specialty was knuckle cracking. I was, uh, I was into it on kind of an esoteric level, really. for instance, I could crack all 28 knuckles, you know. 28 plus, actually. Only 28 are officially recognized by the Knuckle Institute. <laughs> but you aficionados know that down at the ends of the fingers, you have a lot of multiples and repeaters. And uh, <laughs> if you wake up and think about it first thing in the morning, you can do 50 or more of them, man, anyway. <laughs> A little more knuckle lore for you. The, um, the smaller the knuckle, the higher the pitch. Something we just don't stop to think about, you know? For instance, this last knuckle on the pinky is the highest-pitched knuckle. You'll hear it now. That was a double. Let's see if I can go for the double on the other pinky. I, uh, I don't often get two doubles in performance. I'd like to try. And that was down a little lower than it should have been. That's a higher pitched and much more gentle knuckle usually. Let's, let's give the right one on the end of the pinky a chance. Let's see if the other one's in there too. Ah, Two doubles is far out, yeah. The best reason for cracking your knuckles was to make the girls sick. I mean, that's... That's all you wanted to do when you were nine or 10 was make the girls sick. If you could get Margaret Mary to throw up on her desk in the morning. (laughs) You knew it would be a good day. You picked the most squeamish girl, right? Margaret Mary was susceptible to the knuckles. Hey, Margaret Mary. (laughs) You remember that feeling like wiping off snot. Somebody else's. You would wipe it on flaming wood if you had to. Get it off me, it got on me by accident. Nobody really likes your bodily fluids, you know. That's true, unless you keep them to yourself. People don't want them. Really, think of it. Any fluids or semi-fluids that you secrete or excrete or whatever, people don't want to hear it, you know. Earwax, blood, sweat, get it out of here, man. Sometimes they'll take your blood if they're in trouble, you know (laughs) Otherwise, keep things inside People want you to keep things inside Anything you could do disgusting was good for class clown (laughs) Ernest Cruz could turn his upper eyelids inside out, wow. (laughs) Remember those guys? Even I would go Don't do that, Ernest You look like the devil, man John Pigman could belch at will. Not just the ordinary belch. I mean, we all learned to swallow a little air, you know, and do the fraternity burp. But, uh, John Pigman was an artist, man. He would save air for like half an hour, man. You'd see him over in the corner. Hey, John. No, no, man. Oh, and when he would finally let go. broom break it Oh, wow. Oh, ladies. Oh, ladies would puke for blocks around. He would talk when he burped. Remember those guys? How do you do, son of a bitch? You try to go through the whole alphabet on one burp, right? A
0: B C D F G H I J K L M N P Q R S T U V W.
2: Sometimes John would be in the movie theater, and you didn't know he was there. And then you found out, man. If anybody on the screen opened their mouth without saying anything, John would provide the dialogue. John's here, man. <laughs> Class clown used to save his best stuff for lunchtime. When you were drinking your milk, <laughs> yeah. and he'd try to make the milk come out your nose. Yeah.
0: Uh, call him the best, and I'll get you, man.
2: It was even better with Seven Up or root beer, you know. Get all those bubbles up in their sinuses, man. One time, Michael Davy passed an entire cheese sandwich through his nose. Mr. thought it was a miracle, you know? Come with me, mister. And don't talk to the other boys and girls. You yeah, you're not allowed to talk to anyone right after a miracle, you know? You have to wait and be debriefed by a priest, right? Dun, dun, dun. Remember that? Do you still do that? Don't lose that, man. Remember when you were a kid on a hot day, nobody was around, nothing to do? I'll still do it, man. I push the button in the elevator. Watch the numerals going up. Otherwise, that's all wasted time, you know. Elevator's nothing to do in the elevator except not look at the other guy. Okay? <laughs> huh? Stare at your shoes. I play spy at the airport. Do you ever do that? I believe in using that kind of time. It's wasted time. Play spy at the airport. Especially a big airport. You know there's a spy at the airport, man. Your job? Find him. <laughs> yeah into a little of this. Mm. Let's share this with you. I'll share a swallow of water with you. Why not? No one ever shares a swallow with you. Mm. It's kind of a personal sound. second half is the best part of the swallow, you know? There are two parts. A lot of people don't realize two parts to the swallow. The first one, that, that kind of bubbly sound, is, is when you pour something in your mouth, your throat closes up, because your throat doesn't trust your mouth, man. <laughs> your throat knows your mouth is crazy and will do anything, so your throat is kind of a monitor, and you pour something in your mouth, your throat says, hold on, let's check that stuff out. And the brain goes Looks okay to me, let her go Listen again for the two parts And especially that second one Which is kind of like Going home
1: 1973 for Newsday, they found Carlin's humor, quote, organic, and they wrote, like Bill Cosby, Carlin seems genuinely good natured. His takeoffs on his old parochial school buddies are affectionate and respectful. This is probably why his political humor tends to go a little flat. They called it flat. He can't muster the sustained hostility it requires. Clearly, they were not ready for the Carlin that came in the late 80s with What Am I Doing in New Jersey? When he opened up and he talked about all the criminals and lawbreakers in the Ronald Reagan administration. Wouldn't you agree? Class Clown was reissued by Atlantic Records in 2000. was also included as part of the 1992 Classic Gold Collection, which was actually how I first heard it. I heard that. I heard FM and AM and Occupational full all in one shot in that uh, two-disc set and a box set called The Little David Years profiling the years of 71 through 77 which was released in 1999 where george carlin went on the don Imus show and played cuts off of it on the program and i got to watch that live on msnbc when he uh appeared on the program which was kind of a cool thing to see i also got to see george carlin live in person in the early 2000s when he came to my hometown of lima ohio at the civic center and uh my god it was amazing one of the best shows i've ever seen in my life and i see myself very blessed to be able to uh, have seen him at that point it was it was awesome you should have been there hey we'll be right back on the program where we're going to dig into side b and also the seven words you can never say on television the fall concert series is in effect right here on randomosity toledo's only vinyl radio show don't you go anywhere
0: stay right there we'll be straight back right after these is the the biggest thrill (laughs) of my life Toledo's only final radio show. You're listening to the Toledo City Paper. Reader and radio listener. Voted best of Toledo. 2022. The best radio show and best podcast. Victory is mine. Ah! This is Randomosity. Toledo's only final radio.
1: Show. Coming out of the 1960s and going into the early 1970s, discussing politics, culture, and world events from the point of view of a counterculturalist was actually still off limits, but George Carlin had no limits, and going into this album, he had already changed his look, changed his style, and now he was about to change comedy. From Class Clown, this is George Carlin for the full concert series on Randomosity.
2: I used to be Irish Catholic, now I'm an American. You know, you grow I was from one of those Irish neighborhoods in New York One of those kind of uh, parish schools wasn't typical It was Corpus Christi was the name of it Could have been any Catholic church, right? Our Lady of Great Agony (laughs) St. Rita Moreno (laughs) Our Lady of Perpetual Motion What's the difference? What's the difference? The church part and the neighborhood part were typical but the school was not. It wasn't one of those old-fashioned parish kind of prison schools with a lot of corporal punishment and systemary discipline with the steel ruler, right? Ah,
0: my hand! Ah!
2: And you'd fall two years behind in penmanship, right? At <laughs> least well, behind in penmanship, Mrs. Carlin. I don't know why. He's crippled. He's trying to learn to write with his left hand. You know? We didn't have that. We got somehow. I got lucky. You know, got into a, a school where the pastor was uh, kind of into John Dewey and progressive education, and he talked the parish, uh, talked the diocese rather, into uh, into experimenting in our parish with progressive education and whipping the religion on us anyway, and see what would happen with the two of them there, and. Uh, It worked out kind of nice. There was a lot of classroom freedom. There was no... uh, For instance, there were no grades or marks, you know, no report cards to sweat out or any of that. Uh, There were no uniforms. There were no... There was no sexual segregation, boys and girls together. And the desks weren't all nailed down in a row, you know. They were movable desks and you had new friends every month. It was nice. Like I say, a lot of classroom freedom. In fact, there was so much freedom that by eighth grade, many of us had lost the faith. Because they made questioners out of us and uh, they really didn't have any answers, you know. They'd fall back on, well, it's a mystery. <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. Mystery. I thought, what's he talking about? A mystery. Part of Class Clown was being an imitator, as you probably noticed. But I used to imitate the priests, which was right on the verge of blasphemy, you know. <laughs> I could do them all rather well. I did Father Byrne the best. Father Byrne was the uh, one who used to celebrate the children's mass. Oh, he thought that was great. Celebrate mass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Father Byrne did the children's mass, did the sermon every week. He used to do parables about Dusty and Buddy. (laughs) Dusty was a Catholic, and Buddy was not. And Buddy was always trying to talk Dusty into having a hot dog on Friday. (laughs) And I could could do Father Byrne so well that I often wanted to do him in confession, you know? (laughs) I wanted to get into Father Byrne's confessional one Saturday, maybe a half hour before he showed up, and get in there and hear a few confessions, you know? (laughs) Because I knew, according to my faith and religion, that if anyone came in there and really thought I was Father Byrne, and really wanted to be forgiven and performed the penance I had assigned, (laughs) they would have been forgiven, man. Cause that's what they taught us. It's what's in your mind that counts, your intentions. That's how we'll judge you, what you want to do. Mortal sin had to be a grievous offense, sufficient reflection and full consent of the will. You had to wanna. (laughs) In fact, one was a sin all by itself. Thou shalt not one. If you woke up in the morning and you said, "I'm going down to 42nd Street and commit a mortal sin," save your car fare. You did it, man. Absolutely. It was a sin for you to want to feel up Ellen. It was a sin for you to plan to feel up Ellen. It was a sin for you to figure out a place to feel up Ellen. It was a sin to take Ellen to the place to feel her up. It was a sin to try to feel her up. And it was a sin to feel her up. There was six sins in one field, man. (laughs) But confession had another, uh, there was another aspect to confession for me. Our neighborhood was right between Columbia University in Harlem, Juilliard School of Music, Grant's Tomb, uh, two seminaries, Jewish Theological and Union Theological Seminary. I said Harlem was there, and then to the north, a Puerto Rican and Cuban section. And as Puerto Ricans began to move into our neighborhood, the diocese, in a rare display of tokenism in the early 50s, sent one Spanish priest, Father Rivera, to hear Spanish confessions. And all the Irish guys that were heavily into puberty, would go to confession to Father Rivera because he didn't seem to understand the sins, you know? Or at least he didn't take them personally, you know? It wasn't an affront to him. It was no big theological harangue. He didn't chew you out. He was known as a light penance. In and out, three Hail Marys, you're back on the street with Father Rivera, man. Boom, right? Mm. You could see the line move. That's how fast he was working, right? <laughs> but he wasn't ready for the way Irish boys were confessing at that time in that place, huh? Oh, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. Uh, I would touch myself in an impure manner. <laughs> uh, I was impure, uh, impurity and impureness. Thought, word, indeed. Body, touch, impure, sex, dirty. Uh, impure, legs, impureness, touch, impure, dirty, body, sex, rub. And covet, heavy on the covet, Father. Uh. <laughs> That's okay, main tres, ave marias. You'd be home in five minutes, you know? The Irish priest, on the other hand, nice guy, but uh, first of all, he recognized your voice because you'd grown up there, right? You know, he knew everyone. What'd you do that for, George? Oh, God, he knows, man. man. <laughs> And the Irish priests were always heavily into penance and punishment, you know? They'd give you a couple of novenas to do, a nine first Fridays, five first Saturdays, stations of the cross, a trip to Lourdes, (laughs) wow. That was one of the things that bothered me a little about uh, my religion was that conflict between pain and pleasure, you know? Because they were always pushing for pain and you were always pulling for pleasure, man. There were other things That, that bothered me Perhaps it's uh, retrospect You know I'm, I'm seeing them better now But I think I was troubled too At the time By the fact that My, my church would keep Changing rules I mean they change a rule Anytime they wanted This law is eternal Except for this weekend Special dispensation Magic words Yeah, like eating meat on Friday was definitely a sin. Except for the people in Philadelphia. They were number one in the scrap iron drive. Yeah. (laughs) They would give it away as a prize, you know. If your parish gave the most money to the Bishop's Relief Fund, hamburgers on Friday. Yeah. Wow. And of course, I've been gone a long time now. It's not even a sin anymore to eat meat on Friday. But I'll bet you there are still some guys in hell doing time on a meat wrap, right? (laughs) Yeah. Retroactive. I had a bologna sandwich. This guy had a beef jerky, right? Tell him a chat. How would you like to do eternity for a beef jerky? Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali. It's a nice musical name. Muhammad Ali. He's back at work again. He's being allowed to work once again, Muhammad Ali. He wasn't for a while, as you know. For about three and a half years, they didn't let him work. Of course, he had an unusual job, beating people up. (laughs) It's a strange calling, you know, but it's one you're entitled to. Government didn't see it that way. Government wanted him to change jobs. Government wanted him to kill people. He said, no, that's where I draw the line. I'll beat him up, but I don't want to kill him. And the government. <laughs> the government said, well, if you won't kill him, we won't let you beat him up. <laughs> it was a spiteful move, you know, all because he didn't want to go to Vietnam. And now, of course, we're leaving Vietnam. <laughs> We're leaving through Laos, Cambodia, and Thailand It's the overland route It's the long way out You gotta go through China and Russia to get out that way What are we gonna tell them, man? We'll only be here six weeks just looking for the Ho Chi Minh Trail Well, maybe they'll go for it, you know Of course, you have to remember why we're over there in the first place yeah it always comes to me to free those people so they can have industry US industry those are the middle two letters of the word industry US and that is our job around the world run in, free some people and whip a little industry on them here's your industry cool it a while, will you? so they can enjoy the benefits of industry that we have come to enjoy Beautiful for smoggy skies, insecticided grain, for strip mined mountains' majesty above the asphalt plain. America, America, man sheds his waste on thee and hides the pines with billboard signs from sea to oily sea. <clears throat> And you have to remember the sexual side of Vietnam, which a lot of people don't notice. The Hearst newspapers notice it, of course. Yes, they're into sex on anything, I mean, you check the wishing well or the sewing patterns, and there's a little something in there, so. But they're always afraid of pulling out. That's their big problem, you know? Pull out doesn't sound manly to me, Bill. I'd say leave it in there and let's get the job done. Because that is, after all, what we're doing to that country, right? Yeah. And we have always been good at that, you must admit. We uh, took, care of, uh, took care of the blacks, took care of the Indians. I consider the South just another minority that was screwed by the U.S. government. I have no prejudice against them. They got it too. Ba-dum. We really gave the Indians a fast trip across the continent. Do you notice that? They were having a little cookout in Massachusetts. bunch of boats came up, man. Hey, you mind moving over, guys? Bring in the stuff. Would you move over? Would you mind bringing the stuff? Man, would you move over? Man, bring in the stuff. Come on, man, move it over. Would you mind over three mountain ranges, four mountain ranges? Got them onto an offshore island, Alcatraz, right? (laughs) Off the continent completely. They had to take the island to get it. Then we kicked them off there. I guess we're going to send them back where they came from. Yeah, we must, yeah, we bought the Bering Strait theory, right? Put them welfare people to work filling in the Bering Strait and charge them Indians a
1: buck a head to go home. It's a good sound business solution. On October 30th, 1973, FM radio station WBAI in New York City aired a broadcast that included a segment which featured the George Carlin routine Filthy Words, as featured on the Occupation Fool album, part of a program about societal attitudes towards language. A few weeks later, a man by the name of John Douglas, who at the time was an active member of Morality and Media, stated in a complaint with the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, that he heard the broadcast while he was driving with his teenage son. Also stated the material was inappropriate for the time of day, which aired in the middle of the afternoon around 2 to in response the Pacifica Foundation, who was the owner, received a letter of reprimand from the FCC censoring them for allegedly violating, quote, broadcast regulations, which prohibited airing indecent material. Fast forward to 1978, the U.S. Supreme Court, all right, Federal Communications Commission versus Pacifica Foundation, July 3rd, 1978, by a vote of five to four ruled. That the routine was indecent but not obscene, the court recognized the government had strong interests in, quote, shielding children from potentially offensive material and ensuring that unwanted speech does not intrude on the privacy of one's home. This was a real thing, folks. The Pacifica court upheld the FCC's power to regulate broadcast media, citing two pervading governmental interests. First, the uniquely pervasive nature of these broadcasts allows them to seep into the privacy of the home without the consent of the viewer. Second, broadcasts are uniquely accessible to children whose vocabulary could be enlarged in an instant by hearing indecent or profane language. (laughs) What else is new, right? The court held that these two two concerns were sufficient to justify special treatment of indecent broadcasting, thereby allowing the FCC to find broadcasters for airing inappropriate content, stating from the court that the FCC had the authority to prohibit such broadcasts during hours when children were likely to be among the audience and gave the FCC broad leeway to determine What constituted indecency in different contexts. And for those of you who are curious about what hours those are, the rules get, quote, lifted to a certain degree, relaxed, I think is the more appropriate term, between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. So between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m., it's off limits. But this is the seven words you can never say on television. May 27th, 1972, from the Class Clown album, from Santa Monica, California.
2: I love words. I thank you for hearing my words. I want to tell you something about words that I, uh, I think is important. I love, as I say, they're my uh, work, they're my play, they're my passion. Words are all we have, really. Uh, we have thoughts, but thoughts are fluid, you know. And then we assign a word to a thought. And we're stuck with that word for that thought. So be careful with words. I like to think, yeah, the same words, you know, that hurt can heal. It's a a matter of how you pick them. There are some people that aren't into all the words. There are some people that would have you not use certain words. Yeah, there are 400,000 words in the English language and there are seven of them you can't say on television. What a ratio that is. 399,993 to seven. (laughs) They must really be bad. They'd have to be outrageous to be separated from a group that large. All of you over here, you seven. Bad words. That's what they told us they were. Remember. That's a bad word. No bad words. Bad thoughts, bad intentions, and words. You know the seven, don't you? That you can't say on television. Motherfucker and tits huh <laughs> those are the heavy seven those are the ones that'll infect your soul curve your spine and keep the country from winning the war Motherfucker <laughs> mother and tits, wow and Tits doesn't even belong on the list, you know? Man. It's such a friendly sounding word. Sounds like a nickname, right? Hey, Tits, come here, man. Hey, Tits. Hey. Hey, Tits, me, Toots. Toots, 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 Tits, Toots, Toots, man. Sounds like a snack, doesn't it, huh? Yeah. Yes, I know it is, right, a snack. And I don't mean your sexist snack. I mean new Nabisco tits. The new cheese tits. And corn tits and pizza tits and sesame tits, onion tits, tater tits. you can't eat just one wow. That's true. I usually switch off. <laughs> but I mean that word does not belong on the list. Actually, none of the words belong on the list, but you can understand why some of them are there. I mean, I'm not completely insensitive to people's feelings, you know, I can dig why some of those words got on the list. Like sucker and motherfucker, those are <laughs> Those are heavyweight words, you know. There's a lot going on there, man. (laughs) Besides the literal translation and and the emotional feeling, I mean, they're just busy words. (laughs) There's a lot of syllables to contend with. And those K's, those are aggressive sounds. They jump out at you, man. Like an assault on you, you know? So I can dig that. Now, we mentioned shit earlier, of course, and uh, two of the other four letter Anglo Saxon words are piss and p- which go together, of course, but forget that. A little accidental humor I throw there. Piss c- The reason that piss and c- are on the list is that a long time ago, certain ladies said, Those are the two I'm not going to say. I don't mind fucking shit, but P and C are out. P and C are out which led to such stupid sentences as okay you fuckers, I'm going to tinkle now <laughs> and of course the word <sighs> the word fuck. I don't really well there's some more accidental humor I don't really want to get into that now ah, because I think it takes too long ah, but I do mean that I mean I think the word is a very important word it's the beginning of life and yet it's a word we use to hurt one another quite often and uh People much wiser than I have said I'd rather have my son watch a film with two people making love than two people trying to kill one another. And I, of course, can agree. It's a great sentiment. I wish I knew who said it first, and I I agree with that. But I'd like to take it a step further. I'd like to substitute the word for the word kill in all those movie clichés we grew up with, right? Okay, Sheriff, we're going to you now. (laughs)
0: But we're going to f**k f- you f- slow.
2: <laughs> so maybe next year I'll have a whole fucking rap on that word. I hope so. Uh, there are two-way words. Those are the seven you can never say on television. Under any circumstances, you just cannot say them ever, ever, ever. Not even clinically. You cannot weave them in on the panel with Doc and Ed and Johnny. I mean, it's just impossible. Forget those seven. They're out. But there are some two-way words, those double-meaning words. Remember the ones you giggled at in sixth grade? And the cock crowed three times. Hey, the cock crowed three times. Hey, it's in the Bible. There are some two-way words, like it's okay for Kurt Gowdy to say, Roberto Clemente has two balls on him. But he can't say, I think he hurt his balls on that play, Tony, don't you? He's holding them. He must've hurt them by God. And the other two-way word that goes with that one is prick. It's okay if it happens to your finger. Yes, you can prick your finger, but don't finger your prick, no, no.
1: Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show, is a production of Randomosity Podcast, LLC, copyright 2023-2024. No portion of this program may be rebroadcast, retransmitted, or reproduced without the express written consent of Randomosity Podcast, LLC, and this station. We'll be back next week, hopefully. (laughs) Oh, man, I need to drink more water. Till next time. My name is Dr. Jay Thomas. This is Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Randomosity Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor has left the office. The
0: doctor is in. You're the one. This is Randomosity. This is Randomosity. I listen on
2: Alexa.
1: Anywhere I need.
2: Anywhere I want.
0: This is Randomosity. Toledo's only only final radio show. You're listening to the Toledo City Paper. Reader and radio listener. Voted best of Toledo. 2022. The best radio show and best podcast. Sometimes you're just going to
2: suck. This is Randomosity.
1: Toledo's Only only final radio show. Is this supposed to be advice? No, I'm just rambling.